Welcome to the LifeWay Student Ministry Podcast. I'm Ben Trueblood alongside John Paul Basham. Yo. And on her debut episode, the first episode that Julie Plunk is with us. Julie, welcome. Hey, y'all. Yeah. We're super excited that you are a part of the podcast with us. Uh, And I want to give you just a second to do a little... uh, more information to everybody about who you are. Um, but you've been eight years you've been with Lifeway. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, just about. I, th- I think you may have been the first person that I hired here. I bet. Yeah. I or think close that's to true. it. Yep. Um, anyway, Julie has an extensive camp ministry background. Uh, her husband is on staff at a church here locally. His name's Brady. Cool guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love Brady around here. Um, and we love Julie around here, and we're super thankful that she would jump in with us and be the female voice of the LifeWay Students podcast. So that's an important thing. Julie, why don't you uh, tell the people more about yourself? Yeah, thanks, Ben. Uh, yeah, like he said, Julie Plunk, been around here uh at Lifeway, working with Fuge Camps in the office at least since 2013, and then I worked camp since 2008. So I've gotten to see a lot of students. That's a lot of camp. <laughs> it's a lot of camp, man. It's a lot of camp. 2008. 2008. <laughs> so this is like going on 12 years total 12 of years. being involved in camp. Yes. Man, and I remember finishing camp every year as a student pastor and like, I don't know if I want to do that again. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, I, don't, I don't know if it's worth it. Yeah, I'm not like, sure. Every year. I'm not sure about next no, year. They, yeah, they, you've got to come down from it for a little bit before you're back in. That is why I'm glad I'm in the office versus still working camp. You know, we have some staff that are working camp and they're like in their upper 30s and 40s. I'm like, how are y'all still doing this and living to see the next day? <laughs> I promise you, like I'll see... In every summer, I'll see about four days of camp between various locations and being out and traveling and seeing the teams and stuff. And I could not do all summer what they do. It is mm-hmm. 12 hours a day plus mm-hmm. of great attitude, most of like far more than I would have. Energy and through the roof. Just yes. hype all, all the, the time. time hearing stories, ministering to people. Like, it is emotionally, Mm -hmm. spiritually, physically exhausting. And they do it for, like, seven weeks in a row. I do it so long. I I can muster it. I bet I could get two weeks. And then I'd be like, I'm done. I'm out. I'll pass out. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I'm even, like, as a camp pastor at camp, like, I have to have a nap. (laughs) Like, in the... (laughs) In the middle right. of the day, I'm like, y'all, I'm, I'm not going to be here. I'm for the... out. Hey, y'all are, are doing like, a great job. Can you please job? play bubble soccer? I'm like, no, I'm about to die. Yeah. Hey, good job with the dodgeballs. Yeah. See you guys later. I don't take a nap now. You're preaching. <laughs> it's so true, man. Oh. It's hard. So, yeah, it eight, 11, going on 12 years of camp mm-hmm. total. Yeah. Uh, going on eighth year here in the office. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Yeah, like you said earlier, married to Brady. He is uh, the missions pastor at our church. We go to the Journey Church in Lebanon. So that's really fun. And we got two kids, Anderson and Lucy. Anderson's five and Lucy's four. So it is a party in our house all the time. I've got really high, energetic, passionate children. So uh, it's kind of like camp all the live long day. Talk about being exhausted all the time. Come into my house for 20 minutes and you will want a nap, like John Paul yeah. said. So you chose your words very carefully there. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Energetic, those were good passionate. words. Yes, that, those are very we've, good words. We've actually wor- been working really hard about like 
engaging and loving our kids for exactly how the Lord made them instead of what I wish they could be. So. Yeah, man, that's really, Kristen and I were having this conversation uh, at some point recently, we both found ourselves at different times, like we wandered up to our bedroom and I had gone up there first. I forget what how recent it even was recent enough for me to remember i went upstairs and i was doing something up there and then she walked in and saw me and just started laughing i was like hey what are you doing and then our kids are we have four they're just loud like they were just being kids Mm -hmm. being loud (laughs) and both of us just kind of said hey they're having a great time together They're all playing together, which rarely happens now because our oldest is 13 and our youngest is five. So Mm -hmm. there's a big age gap and interests are way different. So they rarely all play together. And so we've got tired of the noise and just both found ourselves in a different room. But it was that exact conversation that we had that's like we would prefer a not as hype environment in that moment but they were enjoying each other and loving it and Mm -hmm. so we kind of just needed to let them roll with like you said who they are yeah that it's a good lesson for student ministry too in just Mm -hmm. thinking about who kids are and loving them where they are and thinking about man this kid is super annoying to me right now Mm -hmm. but that's just who they are and I need to love them for it. Yes. Yeah. And find the things that they do, the the ways that God has created them, the ways that sometimes you have to do a little extra work to mine for, okay, what is the gift that's in there mm-hmm. that, God, that God's given it's them? It's in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. But it's kind of like we had a conversation a little bit different, but talking about my son Titus, who is super strong-willed. Mm-hmm. Often talking about his strong will is... Um, in a negative light mm-hmm. for me because that means a whole lot of discipline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just all the time riding the kid for the same thing. Like, why will you not get it? And then the other day I was like, Crystal, can you can you imagine that strong will pointed in the right direction mm-hmm. where he is just unmoved in a desire to do something for the Lord? Like, how do we walk that line of showing him to know when you need to pivot because that will is pointed the wrong direction, but really fostering that, man, that strong will can be so used of the Lord one day. You know, so that's why I I really like the way you worded that because that passion, I could say the same thing for Titus. He's very, he's going to do with all of his might, whatever he's pointed at. But to describe that as passion and point that to Jesus you kind of get excited, like, man, what could that become? Yes. What could that reap? Yeah, that's so true. It's been a work in progress for us to get to end. <laughs> Stay by day. Today's been a good day. <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> it is so uh, day. The boy thing, that, like my oldest, is so opposite of my other son who's seven. Mm-hmm. So our oldest is much more contemplative, thoughtful, reserved processing type person and our seven-year-old boy is i would use the same words that you described Mm -hmm. earlier energetic passionate Mm strong-willed uh and so it's a different it's a different journey for us (laughs) coming through these years with a with a different kind of boy but uh this all of this discussion kind of leads into what we wanted to talk about today. And as this episode uh, comes out towards the beginning of the new year, um, 
thought it would be a good time to just pause on the student ministry conversation for a little bit and talk about family. Now, recognizing that some of you that are listening to this uh, are not yet married, uh, some of you that are listening to this are do not yet have children, some of you listening to this are married and have children. And so there are, uh, we want to recognize the broad scope of youth ministry people that listen to this podcast. When we talk about today's subject of a family mission statement and how to put some things around your family that kind of help you lead in those moments. Now, I'm again, recognizing that there's a wide scope of people that listen. Uh, For some of you, this is going to be a put it in the file and think through it and come back to it later when it's more applicable. And some of you are going to be in it. Uh, and, and this is going to be a in the moment application. So wherever you are on the spectrum, spectrum of having your own family, I think today's episode is going to be really valuable for you. Well, and, and even just kind of that thinking through where you are in that journey to just to recognize that you, if you're a single person, you are, you are a family. Yeah. If you're a married couple, you are a family. If you're a married couple with 19 kids, you are a family. It, every range in there, this is applicable to you because even if you are a single person, you are still called by God mm. to live your life for him. And so to have a family mission statement for who you are and what he's called you to do is just as important for you as it is for the family of more than one, two, three, four, 19, whatever the Duggars are up to now. (laughs) I think they've stopped. (laughs) Uh, And I don't know how many it was, but more than I would prefer. Yeah. Personally for me in my (laughs) own life. (laughs) Other people do whatever they want. My family mission statement would look a lot different if I had 19 kids versus the two that I have. Uh-huh. Yeah. Our goals are like have everyone fed. Like yeah. keep everyone alive. No, right. Like afford to put food on the table. Like <laughs> it's a whole different mission statement. Make yes. it to tomorrow. Make it to tomorrow, yes. So Julie, you uh are walking through this family values and family mission statement stuff. Mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. like this is something that you and Brady have been actively involved in kind of constructing for you guys mm-hmm. so where did that kind of start as a desire to put pen to paper with it yeah um, this is something that we do once a year we do marriage counseling once a year just for like three weeks and so healthy so it's it's been so good we call it maintenance counseling and it's just good for us to get on the same page even we don't even go with huge issues but just like hey we're here yeah we want a professional to tell us kind of poke holes and help us grow so this past summer we did that and she had asked do y'all have a family mission statement we're like you know we don't we have we have three values that are on this painted chalkboard that we've had in our home since our kids were born but we didn't have a statement so she kind of walked us through what it looks like to have a family mission statement and how to form that and so it takes for us, it's taken a long time. We're still not there. The one that we have, we think is too long. So we're still going to have to tweak a little bit. But we also want our kids input a little bit. And when we ask them about this, they, I mean, Anderson will say like, 
poopy butt that needs to be in our mission <laughs> so i mean it's like we're like maybe we should wait a little bit to like ask their input <laughs> give them a couple more years yes, um, which yes. is like can elsa be in our mission statement that would be great so you know it's i think it's sweet for us to think about it first and then you know kind of figure out the the bones of it and then as our kids get older we'll kind of add to it so yeah i think that's awesome and just to kind of give a little bit of I don't know, boundaries, probably the wrong word, but a little bit of guiding direction as you as the listener begin to think about this, man, it just gives a little bit of definition, a little bit of clarity to the things that you want to describe your family with, uh, identity things that, that you want to have known when someone interacts with your family. So a good definition of values that... Uh, comes from the Exano Consulting Group. Now, this is for organizational values and church values and things like that, but I think it fits in this conversation. It says, values serve as springboards for daily action and decision-making. They are depicted as a motivational flame. Now, kind of, that's their language, so don't get all excited about motivational flame. <laughs> as you like, don't try to figure that out. That's a picture that they use on their Man, I like a motivational Power, flame. Point. Yes. Sounds powerful. Yeah, motivational flame. Uh, but the values <laughs> define the experience one will encounter within the organization. So if we take that to the family, like identifying values and posting them on the chalkboard and having them visible in your home, it defines the experience one will encounter when they enter your, your home or have an interaction with someone from your family outside the home. Now, of course, with young kids, it's something you got to teach and build into them and all. It's not going to be just like with an organization's values. You aren't going to experience that every single time. But I think it does give a, a fantastic framework to put pen to paper and really think through it and say, okay, what do we want someone's experience to be when they interact with us mm -hmm. as a family? And what do we want the other people in our home their experience to be like as they interact with each other so just some overarching values definition kind of stuff as we get started john paul you've recently taught on this uh what are some thoughts that you have well something that i so so here's where the the breakout session that i agreed to do on this came from is that we didn't have one and so this was, to my shame, the way to make sure that we started doing this is like, well, I'm just going to teach about it, which is going to force me to research it. And then, <laughs> right. That's um, right. So some of the things that I really liked about what I saw other people saying about family mission statements is, is the guideposts that it gives you in leading your family. So one of the things that Crystal and I have struggled with, I mean, since we started being parents, and we're only six years into this, so by no means experts at all, but there's always the, okay, when we're stepping into disciplinary conversations, how do we kind of regulate how those conversations go? And how do we make sure that we're always teaching scripture and and using every one of those encounters and every one of those moments, and not just the disciplinary moments are the ones that stand out, yeah, but even the positive moments that you have. How are we intentionally leading them to Jesus? Mm -hmm. And so what I 
kept coming back to with the family mission statement is the the guidepost that it gives you conversationally and for your interactions, the way that you're going to be a leading example to your family. Um, It really just kind of helps frame all that up. You know, we're going to say these behaviors are... um, are, are going to be those that are descriptive of our family. And these behaviors are not. And so for our kids and for us, there's a right. set of standards. And there's also a lane of accountability. for you know. So as you develop, this is what we're about. Then, you know, where sometimes I feel like, man, we're just kind of pulling random topics of conversation out of nowhere and thinking like, oh, you know, I hope that landed, you know. <laughs> Now, maybe that there's a family mission statement in place, there are a set of things that we're constantly going back to, to drive in and evaluate and grow on. I mean, imagine that, you know, being a good idea for <laughs> how right. to raise a disciple. Um, but then the third thing, guideposts, lanes of accountability, and the, the third thing that just really stood out was how it helps instill regular conversation around what's most important. And that's something that we saw coming out of our student ministry research project over and over and over again about how important it is for gospel conversation to be happening in the home. Yeah. And when your values are all centered around gospel living, then that's going to drive that conversation even mm-hmm. even more than then it probably happens without it. And so those are kind of three things that rose out of maybe the why to do the family mission statement. Yeah. Man, I love the natural lane to have spiritual conversations in the home. Like that, because I think one of the big obstacles in student ministry for a student pastor is how am I going to equip? Like we know conversation, spiritual conversations in the home don't happen at all or as much as they need to be happening for discipleship in the home to happen. So as a student pastor, how can I equip parents to have easy on-ramps to have spiritual conversations? And this, man, you talk about a way to serve your parents well, is to take those three points that John Paul just talked about and take this podcast and do a little self-research and then have a family mission statement workshop at your church for your parents, partner with some of the other staff members, if that's your context, and really do this thing because it will lead to more mm-hmm. spiritual conversations. And as a student pastor, that's something you should be driving to do. Man, that's so we just had an advisory board uh, just a just a few weeks ago. Well, this year is flying by. That was a few months ago. <laughs> I was thinking, yeah, that was. Take just a second uh, uh, and explain what we do with the advisory boards. Yeah, so every year um, we fly in 20 to 25 student pastors from around the country and ask them to speak into one of our ongoing Bible study lines and really our ongoing Bible study process as a whole, really to say, hey, you guys are on the front lines doing student ministry, leading these small groups, making your plan for how to disciple your students. What we want to do is put a resource in your hands that helps you as much as as much as it can, that gets you as close to your goal of discipling those students as a curriculum tool can get you there. And so we bring the student pastors in and say, hey, redline this thing. Help us make it better. Tell us what doesn't land. Tell us what we tell us what we can add to this that would land better. 
strategy, design, wordsmithing, everything top to bottom, help us do this in a way that, that helps you disciple your, your students. So we, we just had one of those advisory boards uh, toward the end of this year, and we had someone in, um, maybe I shouldn't say their name to call them out so, so everybody doesn't call them and ask them how they're doing this. But anyway, <laughs> they said once a year they lead their families through a mission statement workshop opportunity, exactly like, exactly like that. That's that awesome. you were talking That's about. Great. And so for the families that have done it, there's always a, a reevaluation moment. How is it, you know, mm-hmm. for, for you and, well, for your family, whoever's leading your family, how is that working since we talked about it last year? What needs to be tweaked? How can you tweak your values specifically toward the needs of your family as they've changed this year over last year? And I thought that was really, really healthy. And so they do, in that meeting, they do several other things, and you've kind of got some different stations that you can choose and people to lead you through family discipleship disciplines. And so if you need help in leading a family Bible study or you need help, you know, whatever, family mission statements, one of those. And I thought that was so strong to go there every year and really kind of drive that in. And something that they have done is they also tied that to their student ministry mission statement Mm. that's tied to their church mission statement. And so as a church and as the families, the, the body, right, they're all pointed the same direction in ministry at church together corporately, but in their ministries together as families, which I think puts such a focused point on that we're doing this together, the community of believers. I loved that. It's good. This winter, the Gospel Project starts into the New Testament. And in the New Testament, we see lives radically transformed by the presence of Jesus in the flesh. As students walk through the stories of Jesus' relationships, they'll learn that they, too, can find hope through a personal relationship with Him. Because He came and because He is God, He knows our struggles and offers something no other relationship can. In Jesus, hope gets personal. Join us as the Gospel Project journeys into the New Testament this spring. Learn more online at gospelproject.com nt. So, as uh, hopefully as student pastors, youth leaders that are listening to this, uh, you're taking some notes for yourself uh, and your family, as well as thinking of ways that you can integrate something like this into your church family and serving parents uh, in that way. And one of the ways that we just talked about was encouraging spiritual conversations in the home and having easy on-ramps to point parents to the gospel and for parents to equip parents to point their kids to the gospel. Um, Julie, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you another mm-hmm. more detailed question because I know this is a process that you guys are walking through through right now is that as you and Brady have talked about what are going to be the values and John Paul, I know you guys are in process too and ramping up to this so that you may have had some of these conversations as you guys have talked about the values that are going to kind of bring some definition in our family mission statement. What happens around those, uh, like maybe some disagreement around what it needs to be or, well, yeah, but what if we, what if we did this value instead? How do you work through to refine it down? You mentioned it's too long. We're working on refining it down. How do you boil it down super practically to, yes, this is what we, this is what we're going with. So we started separately first 
making um, like a list of values, a list of maybe even phrases or things that we want our family to be focused on and high priority. And then on a date night, we kind of brought those together and we kind of got to uh, each defend our own list. And that conversation just led to a just a really fruitful conversation between us and we would kind of talk and we know like well we can't include all these so it was just a really good discussion there were some that I fought for harder or Brady fought uh, for harder and we just got to come to a, a middle ground of well these are the ones that we share that are really solid and I think it's very based on your family we look at Brady and I's personality. We look at Anderson and Lucy's personality and how the Lord has gifted them and gifted us and where we feel called as a family right now. Um, so yeah, I think, I think having that tension is really healthy. So I think it's really great to start separate so you can figure out what you really value and then bringing that together versus, trying this huge conversation. Okay. What's it going to (laughs) be right? Like that can be hard. So, that that's what really helped us. Julie, are you guys personality wise? Mm-hmm. Are y'all real similar or real different? Oh my gosh, we're so opposite. <laughs> think about Have you been around Brady much? I haven't. Oh yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> think about all the annoying terrible things about me. He is all the oh, wonderful opposite. <laughs> like I know so many, you know, girls say or husbands say like they married up. It's I mean, you can ask any of our friends. It's so the opposite with us. Like, <laughs> I married up in such a good way. Um, Brady is a lot more, uh, oh, I don't know. He's he's more quiet. He's an introvert. He's humble. Uh, a lot of things, all those things I'm trying to work on. So, uh, yeah, we're really different. So and I did, love him. did that play into what was on his list and what was on your list? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, just different personalities or, um, yeah, definitely. Or just things that, because we are so different, he will value, I mean, not like biblical things, but he'll he'll value things that I think are ridiculous and, and vice versa. <laughs> so we have to work through those conversations <laughs> every day. Um, that sounds like a good future episode. I would love to know. So I, yeah, we're different, but it's, it's, it was really beautiful how the Lord kind of brought those together. We had a lot more similarities than we thought because this is so grounded in the gospel mm-hmm. and that's what this is grounded. This isn't grounded in, you know, personal preferences of what's on earth. This is something that goes way beyond that. So it was really cool how it was pretty similar. I think that's great. John, you said something a minute ago, John Paul, that sparked my attention on how easy this this can be. And Julie, I think the what you just laid out is really easy for people to begin. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I hope comes from this podcast is when you think of mission statements and values and like putting pen to paper for this, I feel like sometimes it can be so daunting that it's like, man... I just don't know if we have time for that. I don't know if we can do that. I don't know if we're going to agree on it. But what Julie just laid out, I think, is super easy to start the conversation. Do it separately. Do it as, the, as your family context is. And then, John Paul, you mentioned something, something earlier. Uh, I'm not going to remember exactly what you said, but it was basically there are common things that we noticed we're saying a lot anyway. Mm. 
Yeah. And I think that is a great, like if you're listening, you're like, man, where do I even start on this? What are some of the common conversations that come up in your home already? And then are those things that need to be lifted up as a more prominent value for your family? Yeah. Or even things that you know are aspirational for your family. Mm. Um, you know, like our, our house, six, five, 13 months, three months. <laughs> and sometimes... That's so good. <laughs> can't make up this stuff. <laughs> it's sometimes I, I let myself, Crystal does a better job of this, but I let myself get frustrated because there's always a need. And it's like feed one a bottle, put the other one down, change the other one's diaper. This one needs tummy time. That one needs new pajamas because they've drooled all over the ones they're in and they're soaking wet. (laughs) You know, the other one just broke a toy for the 14,000th time. You know, it's it's and so it's like always. Yeah, there's all it's a constant need all the time, which I know is not going to change. But like I'll let myself get into a place where I'm just not super joyful sometimes. And it's, and I know inside, I really want to be the dad that they're, that they say, man, he just always played with me and was mm-hmm. always ready to just be in, be on the ground and be with us and be engaged. And sometimes it's like, I don't want to do anything <laughs> else, you know? Yes. So immediately in this conversation with Crystal and I, I was like, joy, joy has to be joy rooted in the gospel has to be a value at the top of the list for me, for my soul and for what I want to be for my kids and for my wife too. Right. Mm -hmm. You don't, you don't, I don't want us to walk into a house. That's just a ball of stress. Yeah. And so even that, that's like, I know there's not enough now, but I know that's where we want to get that was the thing that was easiest for me to get to. How about when I get down on the floor now and wrestle around? Like, I just hurt. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's just, my knees hurt. That I mean, the carpet's not soft. It used to feel soft. It no longer does. My knees hurt. Like, I just, I'm old. But I will say, I was on the on the floor wrestling with Josiah, my seven-year-old, the other day, and I saw Jonathan, my 13-year-old, kind of get down out of the recliner and onto the floor. And it's been a long time <laughs> since he and I have wrestled on the floor. And I could tell that he kind of wanted a piece. Yeah. He wanted to <laughs> test old dad a little bit. Which is a whole different workout. Or, yes, it is. And he... Uh, I, <laughs> He was just, I think he felt like, man, I missed this, mm-hmm. which was really sweet, sweet. and special. Uh, and I was able to be victorious. And so I, I feel <laughs> for there will be a day where I'm not. No, but it there's was not, not going to be. Day. You just, it was you not just, that day yet. You just fight dirtier later. <laughs> That's true. You use that so extra lay. weight and lay and just lay. We had a kid in the neighborhood that started to bully my oldest son. And so I taught him. I didn't think this was coming at six years old, but I taught him how to throw a punch. And it was like, okay, we're, and so <laughs> Levi and Titus are both in like punching <laughs> clinic, jabbing clinic yeah. right now. So when we wrestle, they're allowed to punch me, just not in the face. Okay. 
And and I keep telling them, you know, because they'll like turn their wrist weird or something or go like hammer fist. And yeah. So we're coaching. But as they get better, like the, Levi the other day punched me in the back and I was like, good night. <laughs> <laughs> like hit kidney back there. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So yeah. the wrestling for me is starting to get a little dangerous. <laughs> Wrestling for me has been dangerous for a while because they wrestle with dad so intense, even my daughter. And so wrestling with me, I don't want my hair pulled and all <laughs> and so we've been trying to teach our kids this is how you wrestle with dad but uh-huh. this is how you wrestle with mom like yes. i don't want to get kicked in the back like that no. my wife just says i'm a delicate flower and you don't <gasps> wrestle delicate flowers <laughs> i need to use that that's good i like that one of the other phrases that has come up around our house a lot just in terms of examples uh that may that might spur you as listeners on into thinking through what this looks like uh, is bear with one another. Mm. Um, the ages that are that ours are and the atmosphere that's in our house sometimes is uh, so and so stop doing this. That's annoying. And it's the little annoyances in our home right now that are causing more of the strife than anything else. And so a way that we've tried to explain bearing with one another in love is overlooking each other's little annoyances because we love each other. Mm-hmm. And for us, you know, that you're not going to see that on a plaque on our wall yet. But that is a common phrase that is happening over and over and over that is hopefully starting to shape our kids because that's that's something I think that they can take if it if it takes root that that will be that is yet to be seen but i think that's a mindset mm-hmm. that that can take them a long way in life in general i think over over the holiday we, you're listening to this after christmas we're recording this before christmas i think over the holiday you should whittle that into a piece of wood with a pocket knife that should be your project at home the whittling of the bear with one another i have a log in the backyard you could whittle that down into the actual letters (laughs) (laughs) um i do you were talking about um how this can be something easy to get to like don't overcomplicate it yeah if you're still as you kind of are thinking about walking through it still feeling like man i just need some prompts there are some i found some questions Online, so Google it and go. You can go find a bunch of these. But some questions that may be helpful just as a starting point. Um, for example, if you're a married couple talking through this, what what is the purpose of your marriage? How do you want to treat each other as husband and wife? Uh, how do you want to resolve your differences? What are your roles as husband? What are your what 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 is your role as husband? What's your role as wife? What are your roles as parents? What principles do you want to teach your children? What are your highest priorities? Uh, how do you want to make sure that your lives reflect Christ? Just some kind of you know, like Crystal and I sometimes will take questions even on a date. We, um, you know, it's not like we don't know how to talk, but sometimes you just need some prompts. You know. Yeah. Um, as a family, what are the most important things to you as a family? How do you want to treat one another? What are your responsibilities to one another? What scriptures describe who you want to be? What kind of feeling do you want in your home? That was the joy 
part for us. Um, and so e- even even coming to the conversation with some of those prompts can help you get down the road where you can build the list that you can start whittling down later, like you will be whittling down. Later. Later. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, last encouragements for uh, family mission statement and values and beginning that process. John Paul, last encouragements. Um, well, to not get discouraged if you meet one time or you start thinking through it one time and don't and don't bang it out right then. Yeah. You know, this is a good thing, a worthy thing to spend time on. Mm-hmm. Just like Julie, you were saying that that you guys are just kind of working on it and continuing to make progress in it. And I think you mentioned, you know, you you have a statement, but you know you want to condense it some and I think this is a worthwhile pursuit to really put time and energy into so do a little bit ask some of the questions have fun and conversation and then prioritize the ongoing conversation that we're going to just take it one step further a little bit at a time until you have something that you can really roll with yeah Julie Mm -hmm. yeah I mean I would echo what John Paul said but also uh if you can, try to involve your kids with it. Make it fun and bring them into this as well, even if they are young, because it'll just bring about some fun or funny conversations as well with them. But bring them into it. And then, like you said, if you don't, I mean, Brady and I have been working on this since the summer, and we still haven't gotten to a point where we're like, okay, this is it. Uh, so, yeah, just take your time with it and enjoy it. Get a good, sweet date night with your spouse and go out and have some really have multiple conversations about this over a few months. That's great. Uh, I think mine would be, you don't have to have yours completed, wrapped, and done to be able to share it with others and use this as a tool to impact other families in your church. So uh, as you work on yours and craft the language and all that, uh, it's a great tool to get families talking about the gospel in your homes. Hey, if you're looking for more student ministry content, I would love for you to check out the new Student Ministry That Matters channel on YouTube. It was created to be a community where student pastors are encouraged in their calling and where we can grow together personally, professionally, and practically. This has been another episode of the Student Ministry Podcast. We'll see you next time.